Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, dear friends. Welcome to another edition of Jesus is the Answer with Kathy Ekakunde Jingum. I am an ambassador of Christ Jesus and I am your host. You're welcome. Good evening. How are you all doing? It's Friday. It's weekend. We thank Master Jesus for life. He is a faithful father. He loves us beyond measures. Hope you are all doing fine. So before we dive into today's message, which I've already given out the title, God Loves Us Beyond, Me- Beyond Measures, let us welcome Abba Father. Let, let us welcome Yahweh. Let us welcome the Holy Spirit. Father, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the mighty man in battle. Yahweh, we give you all glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks, praise, and adoration. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for favor. We thank you for protection. We thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you, Abba, Father. Thank you, sweet Jesus. Father, we commit this service into your hands. Father, Lord, may you take over me, take over this broadcast. Less of me, more of you. Speak through me, Father. Bless your children and take all the glory. Bring everyone who is meant to be here, Father, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Abba, Father. We thank you, Yahweh, Elohim, Adonai, the Alpha and Omega, the great I am that I am, the beginning and the end, the God who when he says yes, no man can say no. We thank you, Yahweh. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen and amen. God is indeed merciful. He is merciful. We keep falling. He keep having mercy. He keep changing our lives when we are willing to accept him. Jesus is begging. He's interceding on our behalf. Our Father should not send him now to come here on earth. Because he wants us all to make heaven. It's for us to accept him. His hands are open, calling on us. Embrace him. Embrace him. He's a sweet, sweet father. I don't know your relationship with God, but if you have a relationship with God, listen, God is there right beside you. He's not even beside you. He lives within you if you have a relationship with him. He listens to your conversation, your thought, your everything. And all he wants to do is to help us. We just need to have an open mind, accept him, give Jesus a chance to come into your life. Give him a chance to come into your life. He doesn't want us to perish. He loves us so much. I have a whole lot of messages. So what we'll do is um, we'll title this one, God Loves Us Beyond Measures 1. That is, if I can um, preach all the messages in this one broadcast, then I will have to come back immediately. But before I continue with this message, I want to lead someone to Christ. Because without you being born again, you can't hear God. You can't have a relationship with him. Very rare cases, like the case of Saul. He was not born again. He wasn't on his way to Damascus to go and finish the, 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 the Christians there. And God arrested him. Like my case, I was still playing games with God back and forth. And I went to bed on that day and he showed me a terrified dream that I knew I was not making heaven. I was going to hell. And I cried, I wept, I wailed, I begged him. And he gave me a second chance. How many people? If you meet 10 people, now you ask them, you talk to them. 
Like, ask them question. What did God tell you today? Has God spoken to you today? Or when last it you year to God? They will love to be like, what are you talking about? What do you mean by God talks, God talks to us? I don't hear him. Yeah, you can't hear him because your mind is so crowded. Your ears are blocked. Your, your thoughts are all filled with filthy things. Things of the flesh. That's why you don't hear him. He's standing right there calling you, calling you by name. That open the door. I want to come into your heart. So before I continue with the message, if you are here and you are not born again, or even if you are born again, you know, we keep making mistakes. So use this opportunity now to repent, to ask God to make things right again between you and him. Confess, ask him to forgive you, and I will lead you to Christ. Just take a minute. Father, we all come before you. Pleading and begging you to forgive us of our sins, Father. Your children are sorry for what they have been doing. Have mercy, Father Lord. They are ready to accept you and to make you, Lord Jesus, their personal Lord and Savior. They are ready to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I believe you have made peace with your Father. Let me lead you to Christ. You repeat after me. Say, Father Lord, I come into your presence as a sinner. I confess all my sins. Please forgive me. I did not know any better. I promise not to go back to my old ways. I believe that Jesus Christ came and died for me on the cross of Calvary so that my sins can be wiped away. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. Be the Lord over my life. I promise to serve you forever and ever. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you have said this prayer, put your hand on your chest. Welcome to the body of Christ. Congratulations. You are now born again. You are now a new creature. All things have passed away. So even when the devil wants to accuse you, say, no, I'm now a new creature. My father has forgiven me. And I am now saved. Right? So you live a holy life. Live to please God. Don't go back to your old ways. Just like the Bible says, Jesus says, if you keep sinning, something terrible might happen. So let's remain in God's presence. Listen to the messages. Read your Bible. Pray. Have a relationship with your Father. Have a relationship with Him. No matter how you listen to these messages, I know they help, they build your spiritual life, they keep you on track, they encourage you. Because I preach from, you know, experience. And I show you Bible scriptures that tie with what I preach. The things that happened to me, things that had happened to me. I don't come and tell you people's story. My experience, my work with Christ are the things I share here with you all. And you see that those things had happened before in the Bible, even if not the right, like the exact way, but similar way is, you know, we are telling the same story in different, using different uh, uh, um, words. So stay holy, have a relationship with your father. God bless you. There's celebration in heaven. Woohoo! Congratulations, congratulations. So, two days ago, my senior sister called me. Those of you who follow me on Facebook, I'm sure you've seen it. I posted a video and I shared on Facebook today. My, during my morning, my morning evangelism, I shared on my WhatsApp status and I was led to share it on Facebook. So, the message is there. I think about 10 minutes or uh, sorry, five minutes or so. Sorry, it's a big cold. So two days ago, my senior sister called me and she was complaining about my cousin who stays with my mother. We are all grown and everybody has gone their way, right? So my mother is like practically alone. My senior sister, her daughter, uh, sorry, my junior sister, her daughter lives with her, but she's 
How old is she? 10 or 12 thereabout? I'm not so sure. And then this, my cousin should be 16 or so. I'm not very sure, but she's a teenager also. So my sister had complained once to me that she would go home to see my mom. And our cousin Belly does nothing like help mother with her, my mom with the house choice, which is normal. We grew up doing that. We don't do any other thing. Like, that is it. There are some kids who has farm in Cameroon. They wake up in the morning, they have to go to the farm with their parents, right? But our parents were civil servants. My mom is now retired. She was a teacher with my dad of blessed memory. So we grow knowing just to do our house choice. We used to have plot of land during summer holidays. We go there and we weed. They would plant, they would like, you know, make ridges and plant corn. That's what we had, corn or cassava. It's like potatoes. And they grow after about three, four months or so. And then during summer holidays, we go there and harvest them. They are for our own use, not for commercial use. That's all we do. So it's not like a home that you have to do so much and then you have to study. This my knee, a cousin, is my mom's late sister daughter. So she was in the village. She was not doing anything. She was not going to school. And my mother took her. Before the sister died, I think the sister talked to my mom. Like her heart was pleading with her if she can take her child or something like that. From the story I got because I was here or I'm here. So my mom took her, only knew that she has taken her, her niece. She's now living with her. So she took her when she learned that the sister had died and this child is in the village, not going to school. Brought her in, started training her, sending her to school, like taking care of her basically everything. If she's sick, she has to go to the hospital. It's on us, it's on my mom, her clothes. If I have to send things home, I make sure, oh, I send something you know, for her as well. Like, she's like the last child of the house beside my mom, my, um, my, my niece, who is also there in the house, you know. So my sister complained to me that she's becoming stubborn now. She goes home to visit my mom. She'll meet the house, like, unkept. She'll, she'll not even bother to, like, sweep the living room, mop it, or arrange things. Even if you have to talk and talk, you know. And I was like, okay, they complained the first time, the second time. So I told my sister, since the one who used to help my mom, our, her house help was pregnant and she said she's getting married, she left. And then we took in our little niece. No, she, I think they were all together. Then this girl got pregnant and the girl left. And my little niece has been there. I think they had another house. Heard something. My mom had another house help. I don't know exactly what happened. And that one also left. So... My mom has been with my niece. My mom is 75. She's strong. She can go about doing her things. You know, it will take her time. Like, even to cook, you need, you need somebody to help her. Like, do this, do that. Put the things together practically, and then she will just mix in her pot, or she needs somebody to go to the market. At times, my sister go, and she does grocery for them. Just make sure she stuff the house with full stuff so they don't go to the... They don't keep going to the market back and forth. You know, just to make everything comfortable and just for our cousin to go around, you know, help mama with a house choice as a problem. So they complained the first time. I was like, okay, let's just look for somebody who will be coming and go. Like probably she comes in the morning, spend about five, six hours. If she has to do shopping for mama, she goes for shopping, do her laundry and then cook and clean. You know. And my sister agreed and said, yes, they'll look for somebody. So they have been looking, but I don't know how serious they have been doing it because even yesterday two days ago she told me like she's still searching she told my mom that even you if you go to church tell your church member if they know somebody who is good who can just come here i don't need anybody to live with me come in do what i want and they go you know so my sister called me and we're talking and she was like this girl is stubborn you can imagine she's not doing anything and this and that i went there it took her while to even leave the room to come and greet me and all of what and all what not. She was just complaining. So I was like, you know what? The stage mama is right now. All mama needs is care and for her to enjoy her life. She's 75. No one knows what will happen tomorrow. So she doesn't need stress. 
my cousin now is a teenager and with all this puberty you know comes with all of these things i said so mama doesn't need stress she's writing her gce when she finishes she will go back to her father those were my words and my sister said yes that's what we're going to do i said in the meantime my sister i've told her not to do anything she doesn't want to do anything let her not do nothing let her just read her book so that she'll write her exams and pass and go. I don't want a situation tomorrow. She'll be like, oh, I used to clean the house. That's why I failed. Let her just study. I said, good. You did well. So she'll be going there from time to time and see what she, she can do while they are searching for somebody who will come in and help mama and go. So I said that and I, to me, I was like, that is fair enough. My judgment, that was fair. All we've been to her is good, Right. I woke up yesterday preparing to go to work. While I was in the douche having my bath, <laughs> God dropped in my spirit Judas Iscariot, how he betrayed Jesus. And Jesus was good and nice to him and to all the other disciples. All Jesus did was nice, was nice and kind to them. And not just them, that's what Jesus was doing. He was going about. In a moment, let me adjust my pillowcase onto me. Jesus was going about doing good to people. That's all Jesus did. But they betrayed him. Even the ones who killed him. What did he actually do to them? At one point he asked, so you people want to kill me. On what grounds? Like, what have I done? Is it on the healings? Is it on me? You know? On which one now? Which miracle? Is it the one that I perform by multiplying the food and the bread? The, the, sorry, the bread and the fish? Or is it by raising somebody from the dead? I've done a whole lot of things. They said, no, we are not accusing you of that or we don't want to kill you because of that. But because of you are claiming that you are the son of God or you are you're, like he's blaspheming, you are now equal with God. But seriously, if somebody says, my father, I'm always doing what my father is doing. Because that's what Jesus said. I don't want to go into that. But I just want you to understand something. Jesus said, I do what I see my father do. Like my father is always working. So do I. That's what offended them. Jesus was good to them. He has been good. He was a blessing. But they never saw it that way. They killed him. But Jesus forgave them. Remember on the cross he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. God taught me that. And then he even went further to talk about Peter. Who said he will not leave Jesus. He said he will better die with Jesus. And Jesus said, Peter, before the roster will crow today three times, you will deny me. Peter said, no way. But what happened? That is exactly what Peter did. And Peter regretted. He felt bad. He cried. Jesus still forgave Peter. Jesus, even after his resurrection, he appeared to them while they were, doing, they, were, they were fishing. And he said to Peter, he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Lord, you know already. He said, take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Take care of my lamb. Make sure you are the rest. Stay together. Keep the faith going. Let the fire burn in. You have been with me. You have seen the things I've done. You believe. So no matter what, stay together. I'm putting them, the, 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 I'm putting you in charge of the disciples. But he was saying this so that Peter should feel comfortable. Peter should forgive himself. Peter should know that he has already forgiven him. He had nothing against Peter. If not, tell me, why will, he, why will he tell Peter to take care of his sheep, to take care of his lamb, to feed them, to be with them, to guide them, to make sure they, leave, they stay together? If you have not forgiven somebody, you will not be giving them such position and instruction.
God said that. Jesus said that to Peter. So Peter will forgive himself and know that Jesus has forgiven him. So I was like, wow, it's true. So despite what she's doing, even if she's stubborn, she's not helping, we just have to forgive her and pray. Pray for her. Is the stage that she is now in life. Puberty, teenage, all of that. They come with their own challenges and they are faced with their own things. We, we've all been through that stage. So we just have to pray for them. I was like, yes, it's true. So I thought that was it. I woke up this morning, bed. I had a message already. I slept this at about 10 p.m. I was so tired the last two days. Wednesday, I didn't preach. I lay on couch here. I went off. That was it. Yesterday, I was knocked out 10. I just lay here. The kids were still watching. I remember I only woke up and I was like, put off the TV. Go and sleep. Go, go, go to bed. So, you know, in my sleep. And then I lay back and I slept. And about 1.30 a.m., that's when I woke up. I was like, oh, my God. I slept. I didn't even pray again today. That's what happened the other day. I didn't pray. Why? So, I started praying. I prayed, and then I could not sleep. I went on Facebook, watched some videos that Apostle posted. I saw some videos of hers and other videos. Tried to follow up what was going on on Facebook. You know, since I work now, from 11 to 4, came home, just had to prepare dinner, and then we had doctor appointment yesterday with my son. So we're home by 7.30. I dive in the kitchen, try to hurry to fix something for them to eat. So I was tired. So while I woke up this, I woke up, I prayed, I could not sleep. It took me a while. I fell asleep. So I read my Bible. I had a message already to preach. Let me sip water. My throat is dry. <coughs> so while I read my, the Bible, I had a message. I said, okay, that's the message for today morning evangelism. And I slept. Woke up, took my bath, got ready. While I was in my room dressing up, <laughs> this is what I heard in my spirit. Like, if my cousin, my little cousin, was like my mother's biological child, would I have said I should send her back to the father? No. Our house is her father's house. She would have stayed there, and all we would have done was keep talking to her. At times, punish her, cut her off from her, her uh, um, allowances. I know my father used to do that to me when I didn't go to church that week. He would say, no pocket money for you to go to school. I was in the day school. So I will not have, either I will not have pocket money or I will not have money for taxi fare. He would give me just my feeding money if it's holiday period. No allowance for me, and not just me, my siblings. My father was doing that to us. And you hear him say, look, at somebody wanted to be a reverend sister, you didn't go to church on Sunday, blah, 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 you know. So if that was my sister, my biological sister, my little cousin, that's exactly what we'll do. We'll be like, okay, we'll cut you off on allowance. Probably if you go out, don't come back after 6 p.m. or this or that, there'll be some sort of punishment. Why praying for her? Now we know better, right? We'll not just punish her or cut her from those benefits probably sees her phone, but then will commit her in prayers. I was like, yes, that's true. Because where will you send her? Now I'm telling my students that after her exams, she has to go back to her father because she's not like my biological sister or my mother's biological daughter. I was like, oh my God, father. And then he said, we should be able to look beyond people's mistakes, beyond people's errors. We should forgive them. Pray for them. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus forgave them. And even said, Father, forgive them. For they did not know what they were doing. And he died. Came back. Make sure. He tells Peter that he has forgiven him. Not the way Peter was expecting. But Peter understood. That he has forgiven him. If not, he will not give him this assignment. To feed his sheep. To take care of them. 
to make sure they are together. Can't you see? Honestly, when I had this understanding today, I was blown away. I was like, wow. If you see that video on Facebook, you will see the joy in me. I was like, oh my God, yes. We just have to pray for her. And I'm going to call my seniors. I'm like, when you go there, keep talking to her. Keep talking to her. Keep talking to her. She will realize herself. If she doesn't realize herself, fine. Even if tomorrow she doesn't want to stay there anymore, let it be on her own choice. That Okay, I'm want, I want to go back to my father. I don't want to stay with my auntie anymore. Fine. Because to me, I was like, all we've done is good. Why is she treating us this way? Mama is not old. She just needs somebody to help her probably give me this or do that. That's all. And we are taking care of you. Instead of you stressing her, probably going out and coming back late, or you stay in your room, you don't want to do anything. You spare her 75 to go around doing the chores while you are that you are there, you just lay in bed. To me, I was that's how I looked at it. it. Was like this is not fair. This woman doesn't need stress now. Let her just enjoy her life. And when her time to exit wish, she just go peacefully. Right? But no. How about the times that she has been so good? Yes, once upon a time, she used to wake up and do all those things. You can't just forget about them now and you're just concentrating because she on the one that she's not doing now. Or oh, from this period, let's say since last year up to now, she has changed. No, what about the past years that she has been so, she has been an obedient child? What about that? I was like, oh my God, Father, you just made my day. God doesn't want us to. He washes over us. He doesn't want us to make mistakes. Because when you do things like this, the devil will hold them against you. Be like, look at you people. You, are, you, you don't even have a heart to forgive somebody. But I go before God and I ask for forgiveness of my sins if I do something. Just because she didn't do this. Even me growing up, I can't say I was 100% good all the days. I can't say there were never times that my mother would say, do this. And I say, no, mama, I'll not do it and I don't do it. Or I don't grumble or take a while before doing it. Or my own kids. I tell them at times, it's okay. Clean up your room. They even say yes. And then I come, they don't do it. And at times, they'll be like, no, mama, I'm not doing it. I'm tired. This one will say, I did it last night. This one has to do it. Do I send them away? Do I say, okay, you know what? You are stressing me. You are not doing this. You make me keep talking every day. Pack your things and go. At times I ignore them and I do it. At times I shout. I seize their, their PlayStation controller. Take even their phone and say, until you clean up, until you do this or you do that, you are not having it. And before you know it, they will do it and then they will come to me. Mama, we have done it. And I give it back to them. At times I have to sit them down and I talk to them. I say, if you don't do this, you don't expect anyone to do it for you. Nobody will come from outside and clean this house. It's our house. You drank, you left the cup in your room. You left the bottle here. You remove your clothes. You drop them on the floor. Why don't you put them where they put dirty bags? Look at your, 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 your shrunk. What's it called? Your, your clothes, your wardrobe. It's scattered. Arrange it. Why don't you fold them? Do I say, no, these children are so careless. These children, they don't do anything. I clean up after them. The next minute, they dirty it. I'm sending them out. No, it's the same thing. She's part of us. We have taken her. She's our cousin. So all we need to do is keep talking. And now she's a teenager. So it comes with these things. Right? So I was like, Father, and this message is not just for me. It's for us all. Those of you who say, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with them again. All I've been to them was nice, was good. I helped them, got a job. I, I, I kept them at my place when they had nothing. You know, I housed them. For a year or for two years, I fed them. They didn't pay any bills. Now they have a job. They've moved out. They don't even think of, they are not grateful. I don't, like, you don't want to have anything to do with these people. You just, you just want to forget about them. No. God is saying no. We should be able to look beyond their mistake. Look at their good side. Look at the times that they were nice to you. And forgive them. And pray for them. That's what we all should do.
You should pray for them. Don't despise people because of their shortcoming. At times, some people are going through some things they can't even see. But you don't know. That's why you see them acting kind of. You don't know that they are dealing with things. Yes. Kids have their own challenges. Probably she's, she has her own struggle. She can't open up to anybody, especially Africa, where they will yell at you. They'll be like, no, why did I, it's your fault and this. No. No. Very few people know that, okay, we have to call a child and talk to a child and tell her, open up, what is it? I'm not going to shout, no matter what. Just let me know. If you have any difficulties, feel free, come to me and talk to me. Yes. She might be going through some challenges that we don't know of. Probably at school, friends are mocking her or, or something. I don't know. Or it might just be that, oh, is that age? That stage, you feel like, oh, now nah, I'm a big girl. Why should I wake up in the morning and clean the house before I go to school? No. I mean, from five, I'm preparing for my GC. I just need to bathe, look good, and go to school. Come back, there's food I eat. Like, I don't need to stress myself. I don't need to do this. You know, there might be so many reasons why she's behaving like that. Or probably she, it does not even occur to her. So it's not just about shouting like, why didn't you clean the house? Why didn't you do this? Have you asked her, why didn't you clean today? What's going on? Last week I came and it was the same thing. What's the problem? Do you have anything troubling you? Is there anything? Let's change our strategy. Ask yourself, I've been good to this. No normal person will not appreciate you if you are good and kind to them. There is no who is normal, like who has it right, who will not say, oh, this person is good to me, and even say thank you. So if we are nice and good to people, and they turn and hurt us, we should know something is not right. Either it's the devil, or they are going through something. And probably they are, they are doing that, they don't even know, they don't even realize it. Look at Peter's case. He said, Jesus, I would rather die with you. When they confronted him, they said, are you not one of them? I saw you with Jesus. He said, me, no. Because now he was faced with reality, like you are also going to be handed over to be crucified or to be killed. You are in the group of people. You are the only one. How are you going to defend yourself? I just want to warm coal here. To warm my keep myself warm and see find out what's going on. Probably when they tie him, I'll go and lose him. And they are coming there to point fingers. You're like, no, you, I know you. I saw you with Jesus. You are among his disciples. Let's be honest. With the tension and the the people, they are way more than you. It's just you, they don't want to fight for you. Forgetting that there is God. You are faced now with real. Like this is it. You can't even think straight. Peter forgot that he had made that promise. And Jesus had told him this. He said, no, not me. The second time. He said, what is this? I said, I'm not the one. Because he knew that if he said yes, I'll be like, oh, come, we'll bundle you. But that is what he said. That he was ready to die with him. The fear grip in. Because probably the look at, on their faces was so terrifying, like they're going to tear you. Like they're going to devour Peter. Peter said, the only thing he advised himself, the only thing I'll do here at, the, at this point is for me to, to deny him. And that's exactly what Peter did. And the third time that he realized himself. So probably, if we keep talking to her, she will change. If we change the strategy of shouting, like, why didn't you help mama? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And call her and say, but what's going on with you, girl? You were not like this at first. Do you have a problem? Probably the first time she'll be afraid, she'll be like, no, I'm not telling her anything. You go the second time, you ask. The third time, you keep asking, she might want to open up and she'll be like, um, big sister, you know what? The thing is, it's too much for me. You know, there's pressure, there's schoolwork. Um, you know, 
I just want to catch up with my classes. So that's why at times I just feel like taking 30 minutes to clean is too much or one hour. And then you come and tell you, say, listen, you can't tell me you study 24 hours. You go to school, you have probably five, six hours. When you come back, you have a break for about an hour or two. You study in the night. Weekends, you do this. Probably weekend is when you do laundry. You wake up in the morning, you do laundry on Saturday. You clean the house very fast and like real cleaning. So within the week, even if people are at school, mama can just clean, you know, can probably just do some dusting here and there. But like mopping, you mop the floor, you wash the bathroom, put your things, make sure your room is in order. That is it. There are just the three of them there. That's all. It's not like mama just sits, she doesn't do anything. No, she cooks. My Lord, just ask mama, mama, if there's anything to do, if I have to prepare like the, the spices for you, you blend them in a good quantity that you use for like two, three weeks. Put them in containers, put them in the freezer. When mama wants to cook, she just takes it from there. That's it. Probably by talking to her that way, it might help. And you see, she'll be like relief also. Because now probably she hasn't in my every day I have to clean before I go to school. Or when I come back from school and this is too much of me, I'm not doing it. Then you go there, she didn't do it on Monday. Tuesday, she didn't do it. Wednesday, you are coming in on Thursday and everywhere is dusty. You're like, what's going on? Yes. That's why we have to talk to people. Keep talking. Ask them questions. Talk to them. Open up. Build a conversation with them. Start a conversation like Jesus did with the old lady at the well. Normal, under normal circumstances, that woman would not have talked to Jesus. She would not have talked to Jesus under normal circumstances. But what did Jesus do? Because Jesus wanted to help her. Jesus approached her. Jesus is the one who opened up, who started the conversation. Jesus said, give me water. Jesus asked for water. And if you read the Bible, that, that lady never gave Jesus water. Jesus never drank the water. But that was a strategy to break through. For him to get that woman to talk to her. To go into a conversation with her. And then he started telling her all of these things. And even revealed himself to her. That he is the Messiah. Because the lady said, I know when the Messiah comes, he's going to tell us Christ. The Messiah is going to tell us everything. And he said, I am the Messiah. And Jesus even told her how she has been married five times. And the man she's living with, the sick one, is not even her husband. And she was shocked. The woman became an evangelist. Jesus transformed this woman. She went into this, the, 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 the village or the town and brought people to Jesus. I've seen someone, met this one, who have told me everything about my life. Had him been Jesus, had not started the conversation. This woman would not have become an evangelist. There will be no Samaritan woman at the well story in the Bible. So at times we are always expecting that this other person should approach us. We should be the, the, the one to do it. Don't always wait on people. Right? Probably we are expecting my cousin to come and like say, Oh, I have this problem. This is what is going through. I'm going through. I can't be cleaning every day. Or I can't help mama to do this. I can't. Nobody even cleans any, every day. Honestly speaking, nobody does that. During holidays, yeah, then we wake up in the morning and we do that. Even when I was home, it's not every day. Wake up in the morning and everybody is gone. My parents were teachers. They have to be at school early in the morning. Everybody, when we come back, we try to do weekends. That's when you really clean. Even here, that's what I do. I don't clean every day. It's weekend. Today, my children were asking me at school. One guy was talking with me. I was like, um... Fraeka, what are you going to do this weekend? I said, okay, today's Friday. I normally do shopping on Fridays, so I will do shopping. Today, Friday, tomorrow, I wake up and I clean. My boys, they are playing. They have a match tomorrow. I will go for their match. If the weather is nice, if it's not raining, it's cold and windy or sunny, that's fine. But if it's raining, I'm not going. And if I clean on Saturday, Sunday, you don't expect me to clean. Monday, to school, come back. The only place I clean like almost every day is my kitchen. It's my kitchen. Once I'm in there, I might not do some thorough cleaning, but I will clean the, the you know, like here and there, touch this. But the living room and the other parts of the house, no. 
once or twice a week. Right? So probably if we use this strategy and ask her or put it, you know, to her in this way, then she might be open, open up. Or probably she's just being lazy. It's really nothing. Probably she's just being lazy. You can tell her, listen, you can't be like this. You again, you so have your home. You have to learn how to do this. You have to learn how to do this and do that. Just talk to people. And look at the times that they were nice. Don't be like, no, because they did this one mistake. How many times do we go to God and ask him for the forgiveness of our sins? Let's be honest. I don't know about you guys, but I do every day. I say, Father, the ones I've committed knowingly and unknowingly forgive me. Because sometimes even in our thoughts, we sin. You might just have somebody come here. You, you just judge that person. You might like, look at this one. Why is this one walking like this? What's wrong with this one? Probably that person is going through some pains. Probably that person is hungry. That person has not eaten. Probably that person is faced with some, some serious... That person has some bills to pay. That's why you see them just walking around with a long face. They don't even know where they are going to get that money. And you are sitting there. You are judging them. What's wrong with this one? Why is he walking like that? Why is she walking like that? Is she the only one with problems? Like you don't know their problem. And that's a sin, judging them. So we go through this every day. That's why we have to make peace with our father because we don't know. It's not only the one we say. You might be even at your place of work and you are gossiping without knowing that you are gossiping. To you, you are having a normal conversation. It takes the Spirit of God to bring it back to you like, hey, you're going off track. I've shared with you this so many times while at work with my friend where I used to work at the daycare, my colleague. She was pregnant. And she was, I think, seven months pregnant. Let me see, I was July, August, September, October, November. About five months. Five months. There are about five, six months. I'm not so sure. But she was kind of a bit heavy. And my boss knew that she's not coming. And they have had their own issue because she, she was calling in sick. Right? She called in like for a week, I will not come, I'm sick. Or two weeks, there was a period she also had corona. She didn't work for three weeks. That was normal. She was sick. Right? And with pregnancy, people can be sick. There are people who are pregnant, they work till... There are people who are pregnant, they can't do anything. I was even telling her, I said, you are strong. Because I know myself, when I'm pregnant, from that very day that I know I'm pregnant, forget it. Even my movement changes. <laughs> even my movement, my sleeping position, like everything automatic. I said, if I were you, I will not walk. Because I know myself. I said, but you are strong. You eat everything. And my problem is, I don't eat. When I was, especially with my boys, I was too selective. I don't eat this. I throw up. So it makes me weak. With my daughter, I ate very well. The problem I had was, I will eat and I sleep. I was sleeping too much. So I was telling her, I said, you are really strong. You work seven hours. So on this fateful day, my boss knew, okay, this girl is not coming back. And now he was angry because she would call in sick and things like that. And he decided he wanted to him. He wanted to punish her. So he called in. We had, I think, just three or four kids. Because you are allowed, one person is allowed to be with five kids. One person, no more. And he called in. He called me. I thought he wanted to say something concerning the work. So I put my phone on speaker. And he was like, um, you have just three kids, not so, I think three or four. I said, yes. He said, you know what? Go home for today. It's okay. You can go home. Let her stay and do the job. I was like, no, I don't have anything to do at home. I'm not going. And he was shocked. He was kind of quiet. He was like, ah, okay. And then he dropped. And I was like, what is this? On a normal day, you, this guy, if I say I want to go home, let my colleague stay. Let me go home today because we have probably three kids, right? She can take care of them alone. You will say no or let her go. And then tomorrow, if we have the same number or any other time we have the same number, I can stay and she goes or she, you know what I mean? You will say no. And today I didn't ask. And you are calling me to tell me to go just because you want this lady to stay alone and do this. And you know her condition. She is pregnant. And I said, no, I'm not going. This girl was like, Kati, you did this for me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I said, no, but I can't leave you. How are you going to change the kids, their diapers? Look at your stomach. You have to carry them, like leave them up, lay them on uh, this thing where we have to change them. You can't do that. This lady almost cried. She was like, wow, you did this for me. 
because some people will be like, okay, fine, let me go and enjoy my day off. No. So while I was angry, I said, no, it's not right. And we started talking, and my colleague was angry. He said, look at him, a wicked man, bad man. We started talking, and we went into his personal life and said, yes, that's why he's like this, he's like that. He's not yet married because of this. We're talking because my colleague knew his ex. So she was not saying things. She has told him how I was talking, and we're just talking. And, and I heard clearly, like somebody was standing beside me. That is gossip. I was like, oh my God. Yes, I was right what I did. We're right to be angry for him to, to want to treat her that way. Because normally he will not allow us to go home. So you want to do this now because you want to treat this lady bad. You're pretending to be nice to me. If I were the one, you would do the same thing to me. So I'm not falling for this, your cheap whatever thing you're trying to do here. That was enough. We could have said and leave it like that. But we went now. The discussion, this one, they said the discussion, you know, as Caleb now started saying some personal stuff, gossiping him. And God had to rebuke me. The Spirit of God rebuked me. He said, that is gossip. Yes. So we have to be careful. And do things the way that will please God. Let's learn to forgive people. Let's learn to forgive people. Let's always be the the, 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 the matured one. Step in. Don't always expect people to do things. Because that's what happens. Most often, we're expecting people to do things. And when they don't do it, we are disappointed. And we're like, oh my God, no, they didn't... How about you starting? That's what Jesus did. Jesus stepped in. So to me, I was thinking like I'm good. But that was a sin. I was gossiping. The Spirit of God had to rebuke me. So I go before God every day, asking Him to forgive me because you might not. What if my ears were not open? What if I didn't like hear God? And it. There are times you might even hear you decide to suppress it. You're like, mm -mm, mm -mm. what if I'd done that? God will just be silent. And then you find yourself making mistake. No. We have to be very careful. Let's learn to look beyond people's mistake. Think of the good times you've had with them. Talk to them. And know that whatever you are doing, you are not doing it for yourself, but you are doing it for God. Because in the book of Matthew, Matthew 25, 40, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. When you did to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So whatever we are doing to our niece now, taking care of her, you know, we are not even doing it to her. We are doing it to God. And God is going to reward us, not even her. We are not doing, it's not about her, it's about God. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers, that you do unto me. Whatsoever you do to the least of my sisters, that you do unto me. When I was hungry, you gave me to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. Now enter into the home of my father. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hope the message has gone home. Know that whatsoever we do, we are doing it to God, not to man. So I'm about to stop this now and start a new broadcast. It's 52 minutes already. All right. So see you in a bit. Go ask, pray, love, share, love. I love you all. The love of God, you are blessed.